53 years ago today, human beings landed on Earth's moon. As far as I know, they didn't stay very long, but I've not had the chance to check out the scene myself. But with enough subscriptions to Charlottesville Community Engagement, I will consider purchasing a rocket, just to make sure. For now, it is the July 20th, 2022 edition of the program, and I'm your lunatic host, John Tubbs. On today's program, the city of Charlottesville opens up cooling centers as temperatures continue to climb. Interim Charlottesville City Manager Michael C. Rogers and his staff provide updates on the Crescent Halls bus stop, as well as efforts to make walking school routes safer. The Chamber of Commerce's Minority Business Alliance is seeking applications for the 2022 Vanguard Award. A local brewery unveils the official lager at the University of Virginia. And Charlottesville wants more people to apply to various boards and commissions. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, Want to know more about our majestic wooden neighbors that help purify the air and provide shade on these hot summer days? The Charlottesville area tree stewards have two upcoming walks where you can learn more about trees in our area. This Saturday at 9 a.m., a group will be led through Dardentau Park, beginning at the Lewis and Clark Exploratory Center to see ancient Osage orange trees, a historic Monticello tulip tree, elm tree devastation due to the emerald ash borer, and common deciduous and conifer trees. On July 29th at 9 a.m., three stewards will lead a walk through Belmont with about 20 stops to explore the urban tree canopy. Become a member of the Charlottesville Area Tree Stewards and you'll get access to even more walks and more events. Thank you to an anonymous Patreon supporter who makes this shout out possible. With temperatures this week in the 90s and possibly above, the city of Charlottesville has officially launched several places where people can go to stay out of the heat. Key Recreation Center, Tonsler Recreation Center, and the Jefferson Madison Regional Library have been designated as cooling centers during the day until further notice. The Key Recreation Center is open from 5.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday and from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Tonsler Recreation Center is open from noon to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday and from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, but is closed on Sunday. The Jefferson Madison Regional Library's Central Branch is also closed on Sunday, but the hours of operation on other days are 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Thursdays and 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District is working on an update of the Regional Hazard Mitigation Plan, which is intended to help coordinate public response to natural disasters. There's a section on extreme heat that may be useful to know at a time when heat records are being surpassed all across Europe. Here is something from page H25 of the plan. Extreme heat can be defined as temperatures that hover 10 degrees Fahrenheit or more above the average high temperature for the region, last for prolonged periods of time, and are often accompanied by high humidity. Under normal conditions, the human body's internal thermostat produces perspiration that evaporates and cools the body. However, in extreme heat and high humidity, evaporation is slowed, and the body must work much harder to maintain a normal temperature. 
As with COVID-19, extreme heat effects take a toll more strongly on the elderly, people with respiratory difficulties, and those with other health vulnerabilities. The city of Charlottesville recently produced a summary of hazards associated with climate change. Here's page three from that report. The climate models show that by 2050, Charlottesville may experience more than twice as many extreme heat events annually as there were in 2020. By 2100, there may be almost seven times as many. One way to cool off is at an outdoor pool. Both Albemarle County and the city of Charlottesville have struggled to fill positions this summer. Charlottesville has offered signing bonuses for lifeguards and pool managers, but Deputy Parks and Recreation Director Vic Garber told City Council on Monday that the decision to only open one outdoor pool a day is still in effect. We are probably 70% there, so uh, we're still uh, rotating Washington Park in honesty, but we're working very hard. The issue also came up at today's meeting of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors. Here's Supervisor Chair Donna Price. Uh, in the next 10 days, we are looking at temperatures each day going over 90 degrees up to 100. Um, this is the, uh, the last seven years have been the hottest on recorded history. Climate change is real. Um, and I would ask everyone to be careful. Um, to do what you can to try and reduce um, the, the heat um, footprint that you are creating. Price said that includes reducing driving, drawing shades during the day, and raising the thermostat for air conditioning. What do you do when it gets hot out? Say something in the comments or drop me an email. This affects us all. Once a month, interim Charlottesville City Manager Michael C. Rogers publishes a written report that summarizes recent activities. In my 15 years of covering and monitoring Charlottesville government, this is one of the most thorough and useful documents I've ever seen from the city of Charlottesville. On Monday, Rogers offered some verbal updates taken from the report to city council. Earlier this year, Charlottesville Area Transit had proposed moving a bus stop at Crescent Halls, a temporarily vacant apartment complex owned and operated by the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. In April, the Public Housing Association of Residents pushed for CAT to reconsider, and Rogers said the city has listened. A decision has been made. The bus stop will not be moved. The bus stop at Crescent Hall will not be moved. It will We'll stay, we'll stay right there. So we're very pleased to make that announcement. The stop is currently served by Route 6, which currently travels between the University of Virginia Health System, the Downtown Mall, and the Willoughby Shopping Center. There are plans to change the route to eliminate the UVA connection, but implementation of those changes are delayed due to a lack of drivers. Rogers said work continues on development of a collective bargaining ordinance, and council will have a work session at 4 p.m. on the topic on August 15th. The company Venable LLP has been hired to assist with the work. A firm has also been hired to assist with a search for a new Charlottesville police chief. We selected a company called Polyhire out of Washington, D.C., they will work with us on uh, developing a very aggressive uh, community outreach program. We look forward to uh, hearing from uh, the community with respect to what kind of chief do they want. The city has also hired Steve Hawks as the director of information technology hiring from within. And Caroline Rice will be the new public engagement coordinator. Kyle Irvin will be the public information officer for public safety. 
He was formerly the marketing coordinator for Charlottesville Area Transit. Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders said the local government continues to work to address driver shortages for the school system. There are 35 days to the first day of school, and there will not be as many bus routes due to the shortages. We are working in collaboration with Charlottesville City Schools to solve the various issues that may result from 750 additional kids having to walk to school this year. Last week, the Charlottesville Planning Commission told council they wanted to see solutions in place before school begins. Sanders said talks have been held with Albemarle County Public Schools about collaborating with one possibility being for special needs students to make sure they can get to school. Another collaboration could be with Jaunt to see if there is a possibility to share drivers. We won't be able to use their equipment because of the federal nature of the funds that they receive, but when drivers are not working for Jaunt, they might be able to drive for us. So we're looking to see if we can figure out a way to make that possible. Sanders said the planning affects multiple localities across the region, and regional approaches are required. He said the city is also looking to work with groups who want to solve the identified problem. We're looking uh, to capture proposals from neighborhood-led groups, uh, hoping that we'll be able to deploy those groups in doing some of the work as well, since they have offered to do so. That includes suggestions from Livable Seaville and the city's Bike and Pedestrian Advisory Committee. In a future edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, we'll hear more about the possible addition of $500,000 in American Rescue Plan Act funding to cover the costs of some of the work. Our goal will be to quickly get uh, some of these things out and, and, and basically available to make this process a little bit easier. What will you do? Are you a parent who is concerned about this issue? Let me know what you're going to do and what you're going to help do for others. This does seem like a situation where we're all in this together, even if we don't have students in the school system, because we're all in this together. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out, By now, readers and listeners know WTJU's position on algorithms. But do you know that the radio station celebrates puzzles? In fact, on Saturday, August 27th, WTJU is organizing the Seaville Puzzle Hunt, a huge cerebral puzzle that will spool out across downtown Charlottesville. The Seaville Puzzle Hunt will take you and a team of your friends on a wild afternoon running around trying to untangle five diabolical large-scale puzzles inserted into the urban landscape. The opening clue will be read at 1 p.m. at the Ix Art Park. Find out more about this WTJU organized event at SeavillePuzzleHunt.com. Very hard to plan without plan. Several more smaller segments today, sort of doing this in reverse with the longer sections first and the shorter ones next. Do you know someone who should be recognized for their efforts to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion? Or a small business or group that seeks the same goals? The Minority Business Alliance of the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce is taking applications through August 5th for the John F. Bell Senior Vanguard Award. Here's a section from the press release. The MBA Vanguard Award is named in honor of John F. Bell Sr., a strong, determined, and respected business leader and citizen who established several businesses during a time when the larger society was not welcoming to or supportive of the black business community. This will be the 10th annual award. Previous recipients include Community Investment Collaborative, William Jones III, Holly Lee, Eugene and Lorraine Williams, 
Forward Adelante Business Alliance, and Kay Monroe. The nominations can be submitted in a link in the newsletter, and the award will be given at September 9th at a gala. The Champion Brewing Company began operations 10 years ago with a small brewery in downtown Charlottesville. Now they've expanded to multiple places across Virginia and are part of the larger Champion Hospitality Group with restaurants in Stonefield, Gordonsville, and across Charlottesville. In 45 days, the first University of Virginia home football game will be held at Scott Stadium. Yesterday, Champion announced that its Cavalier Lager will become the officially licensed beer for UVA sporting events. In a release, Champion CEO Hunter Smith said that as lifelong UVA sports fans, his team is honored to have Cavalier beer offered at UVA games. He said it's a hometown lager brewed with college athletes and their fans top of mind. The beer will also be available in area stores. This is the first year that the University of Virginia has licensed an official beer. The next edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement will provide details of who got appointed to the Charlottesville Planning Commission. Council made those appointments at the end of the July 18th meeting, and I'm going through that one chronologically. Earlier in the meeting, Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook pleaded with the public to consider getting involved. We need more people applying for boards and commissions. We've got a couple of boards and commissions that are down a couple of people. Region 10 Community Services Board is one. The Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority is another. Uh, we have the Historic Resources Committee, the Jefferson Area C uh, Criminal Community Criminal Justice Board, uh, Jaunt, um, CACVB needs a representative from the tourism industry. If you'd like to apply, visit the city's website. There's a whole list of all of the boards that you could potentially be a part of and should if you're interested in the direction of the community and if you'd like to get engaged. That's the service of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And that's the end of this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Charlottesville Community Engagement is a service of Town Crier Productions, a limited liability company set up to produce information about the public policy and the built environment in Charlottesville and beyond. We're now in the third year of this publication, and this is installment 410. Please consider a paid subscription to ensure I make it to the fourth year. There's a lot at stake as we continue to live our complex lives in a democratic civilization that always needs its community members to be paying attention and to look at documents up close. The podcast version, which you're listening to, contains music created by the entity currently known as Vraki and made available with permission. To support that work, consider buying the album Regret Everything, which is available on Bandcamp as a pay-as-you-can basis. Support for Charlottesville Community Engagement also comes from Patreon supporters of Town Crier Productions. The Patreon support also helps fund other projects such as 5th District Community Engagement and the Information Charlottesville Archives. Each day, there's more content coming out there because I believe in getting this information to as many people as possible, and I could use your help. If you've heard this, you've heard me say this before, send it on to somebody else. But if you do sign up for a paid subscription through Substack, the company Ting will also match your initial payment. 
Their support for Charlottesville community engagement has become a crucial element that's required for the sustained production of all of my work. I'm grateful to them, and I'm grateful to you for listening, and I'm grateful to the hundreds who have stepped up with a paid subscription, which really does help me keep going. This is my entire living at the moment, seven days a week, and I love doing it. This is the calling that I heard two years ago to get back into the work that I believe I was supposed to be here for, informing you of things that are happening and hopefully helping you understand what the heck is going on. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Thank you very much for listening. Stay cool out there. If you do need help or assistance, please seek it out, ask, and someone will hopefully help you. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.